Good evening and welcome to Elosa Fumar Takes. This is our 206 take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. It ought to be. It took me three times to get this introduction right. And who who can blame me? Because we got a great returning guest. It's been a long time since we've seen this gentleman on this show. It is my pleasure to welcome him back to LLS of Fumar Takes. But before we get to formal introductions of this esteemed gentleman, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And this that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. During its May 12th Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast, Drew Estate will be introducing its newest premium cigar. So get ready, Drew Estate fans. DE for Life is kicking off May with a bang. They just announced it earlier this month. It last, last week on the 11th, you could start going to a select Drew Diplomat retailers and picking up your one of 10,000 Freestyle Live event packs that are for only $39.99 MSRP. They they include a Freestyle Live 3 cigar case, a Freestyle Live cutter, a cigar rest, and a Freestyle Live wallet, not to mention the new premium cigars. Of course, they're unbanded, so you don't know what they are, but smoke them while you got them and find out what the newest line of cigars from Drew Estate will be on May 12th. That's just over a little bit under a month from today. You're going to want to check it out on their free, on the Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast on their Facebook page. And guess what? It doesn't stop there. Plenty of great other things to be had. You know what? They gave away a Bitcoin. What's next after you do that? Well, you give away a Jeep. Yeah, that's right. A brand new 2022 Jeep uh, Jeep Wrangler Sport will be given away on this very Freestyle Live. You can check out their website and facebook.com slash Drew Estate for uh, rules and all that legal stuff and all that lingo bumble jumbo. But check it out. You can win a Jeep and you get to smoke some brand new cigars. So check out their Freestyle Live. And welcome, everybody. This is our 206 take. And tonight's guest is the esteemed gentleman that I'm about to introduce. He's sponsored. Uh, this, is, of course, is sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today. Start living United. The founder, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, it's Omar DeFrias, a Fratello cigar. Omar, how are you doing tonight? Barry, I'm going to hire you next time I have any appearance or anything happening like that. I'm going to call you and say, bro, do you mind doing an introduction? Because that was good. That was good, man. It's the energy. I'm, getting, I'm feeling it. I'm ready. And uh, I'm excited to be here. So thank you for the invite, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, of course, the people who are listening later to this aren't going to l- listen to the three flubs that I had. So it, it does sound pretty good. The energy is what it's all about. So I'll just be your hype man. That's, That's uh, right. So, well, I'm, Omar, I'm so glad to have you back. It's It's been so long since I've had you on the show. I've had the opportunity to interview on a, on a couple of other avenues. Of course, I saw we were just talking about this uh, before the show launched. Saw you at PCA last year. So excited about that. Um, we'll be seeing you again this year, which is, yep. which is fantastic. Um, but, uh, but so glad to have you back, sir. I mean, what, um, I know you're just kind of getting back into the, the regular swing of things. We're talking a little bit about this. So you went out to St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, yeah. Missouri, Kansas area and everything. Um, what was that like getting back on the road? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, it was, it was an adjustment. I, um, Barry, you know, you know, a little bit about my history on how I got into, you know, the sale of premium cigars, right? And, and, and for those viewers that don't, I'll give you guys a little bit of an insight onto it. And then you'll see why I'm saying what I'm going to say about uh, what happened this past week. But when I, um, when I started Fratello, like, 
there was nobody that knew, first of all, who I was. They didn't know Fratello. They didn't know who was making the cigar because I had a, I could not disclose the factor that was making it at the time. Um, and, um, and, and it was incredibly hard for a few years to basically, you know, kind of chisel my way through this uh, industry. And the only way that I could, uh, know, that I knew how to do it was basically being on the road. So I would, you know, basically work for NASA Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, 12 hour days, go to a destination, Thursday, work remotely, then sell cigars. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back home on Sunday, and then repeated the week after that. So I, I I I was on the road a lot for like almost six and a half, um, seven years nonstop. We spent a month in Europe because we have about 17 countries that uh, are now carrying Fratello. And so for me, it was it was modus operandi, like it was easy. But the pandemic hit, and you know, that year and a half, two years you know, close to two years of not being on the road, it prompted other for uh, for us other things to do to focus on in in house operations. How do we grow? How how do we grow our base? Marketing, investing in a lot of different areas because I wasn't spending one hundred twenty thousand dollars being on the road. So that to me was huge. But now that twenty twenty two is kind of that year where we need to like you know continue to explore and grow. Um, and visit new retailers, people that have been on the road, people that have been supporting us already for a while and that wanted to see us, wanted to spend some time. So we're doing an effort right now. It's my first time actually, you know, being on the road as aggressive as I was. So I went to Kansas and I was exhausted out of my mind. Like, bro, <laughs> I was like, I would visit five or six retailers and my energy level is usually very high because I got to talk to them. What's happening? People, you know, they come, they come over and say, like, oh, bro, I haven't seen you in two years. Da, da, da. And you're having those conversations and your energy level is high. But 7, 30, 8 o'clock, I was like, I would, this is, I have never done this prayer. I went to a cigar shop, like literally the day before I was leaving back home and just bought a cigar from, you know, there was a company that we, that we weren't doing business with and I just went to the humidor. I bought a cigar. I um, actually remember it was a Placencia. I think it was the um, Alma Fuerte. Got it from the shelves, went over, paid for my cigar, went over to the lounge, sat down, saw the Kansas City Royals, you know, kick some Detroit's butt. And that was all it was, you know, and <laughs> it was amazing. But usually that would never be what I would do. I would always be like, let me go to another cigar shop and support it. Let me see what, how much I can sell, how much I can talk to our customers and, and get our brand going. So um, I couldn't do it, man. It was like my body was in shock from non-travel. <laughs> it's like getting back. I mean, you're a former athlete yourself too as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's like getting back, getting back in like, like peak season shape and everything. No, I, I know. I know what you feel like. Um, I know what you're talking about because listen, um, you know, we talked about the PCA, right. And like, you know, yeah. um, that was such a, you know, the, pre the previous two times that I had attended, like, don't get me wrong. Like I would like at the end of the week, I was dead, like just dead. But like every night, like I was, I was still jacked. Cause it was just so, there was so much yeah. adrenaline pumping and everything. And, um, and then you would go to after events and things like that. So, I mean, you're just, we were talking about the fact that we're both extroverts. So we're just like, you know, yeah. the adrenaline is just kicking it. And like, but this, like la this, this past year, like, man, I was just every day, just, just white, yeah, just white. It was crazy. Um, it was just, it was just absolutely safe. And plus the heat was just like off. I mean, it's Vegas. 
But I mean, the heat like decided to take it to another level. And yeah. so it's just, you know, 120 degrees or hundred. Yeah. It's 105 at like eight o'clock at night. You know, when the sun's down, it's like, come on, like <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, but no, Omar, so good to see. You. I'm so it's, it's nice to hear that you're going back at this, the, the, you know, the, the think of things and stuff like that. And, um, so tonight I'm smoke. I've actually, this is like, this is the first time that I've actually, so I've been, I've been chomping at the bit to sample this, this particular blend, which comes in for Vitola as representative of four different areas. Um, and that's your DMV project. So yeah. we've got the, of course, the Virginia, the Maryland, the DC, the Delaware, uh, the blend is, is, is identical. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. is this so, the 2018? Let me see the brand. Let me see that. Yeah. Yep, that's the 2018. Correct. So, um, so those are the OG um, release of Fratello um, of the DMV. And so, in the first uh, release of the DMV, it was all the exact same blend. It was just different sizes. Um, the Virginia is a robusto extra, and that uses a Habano HBA wrapper um, that is beautiful. It's oily. It's, f- it's full flavor, and it was kind of like um, one wrapper that I I fell in love with because I use it also in the Fratello Texan. Mm-hmm. So it's part of that blend. Um, and then we utilize, you know, to me, something that a lot of people haven't been using too much, which is, um, you know, double down again on Ecuador. So I use the Sumatra on it in the binder. But what I personally find interesting about, you know, some of these cigars and the way that we launched them was they were meant for a limited release to give our, the DMV something special from us because it's, you know, the area that basically gave us uh, our start. Right. It's, it's home for you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so it was it was it was it was a very fun project, and we launched the project in 2019 again, and that was a very fun one because we made that project more of a you know let's do, let's find some things that are very unique that have been aging for a long time, and so I I, I contacted Guillermo and Manuel Inoa at the Aurora Factory, and I talked to them about things that they had you know worked on in May for many many years. So none of those blends are actually total blends. Um, there were um, blends from prior years. That was the 2019 edition of it. But what's unique about that was, you know, people enjoyed seeing like different and new things. And so um, it was it was something that, you know, the consumer got a chiance to experience what Arapiraga, you know, Brazilian Oscuro, you know, was all about on the Delaware blend. And people were free flipping out, but I could only make like 95 boxes. But in the case of the uh, the DMV DC, I made like 182 boxes and stuff like that. So it was whatever I had my I could get my hands on that I would be able to taste, you know, that would connect with I feel could be like a nice thing for the consumers in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And it went like fire. Like I sold out on both 2018 and 2019 blends like really fast. Yeah, these these weren't easy to get. So uh, but I was I was thrilled to, to finally nab some. Um, yeah. And of course, I've had the Texan because that was that was freely available to me uh, of where I because of where I live. Uh, haven't right. had the ch- chance to chance the ch- the Pennsylvania. That's that's next on my 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 hunt list. The DMV was yeah. was like it was very special, obviously for you. That's why it was special for me to kind of hunt down. It took me a while, but yes. and and uh, but I really specifically wanted the Virginian. Uh, we kind of talked about the Robusto Extra a little bit before we started the show, and this 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 Vitola has kind of become my my jam so to speak i'm still a corona and robusto guy uh traditional robusto size um but whenever i just need something a little bit more the the robusto extra and certain blends just really really sings home and this is starting off really well i'm really i'm really enjoying it 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 does i i didn't i didn't put the piece together until you said it um 
it does it does have some striking um uh some sweetness compared to the the, the blend is completely different but that the wrapper familiarity yeah. from the texan that sweetness yes. so the oiliness of the wrapper and stuff like that so yeah I, that, that uh it, it is it is very familiar in that regard but i'm i'm really i'm really uh digging at a few puffs in here so we'll see how it continues to perform Good. excited about Good. it let everybody know <laughs> so or um so so this kind of kicks off our like I, I we've been talking for a few minutes now but like the the kind of wanted to kind of tackle because the dmv is your home i mean that's where yeah. that's that's where you reside and that's again like you said it was kind of the home of fratello too it's where everything kind of got yeah. started for you and uh so i kind of wanted to hear from you what's this this would be Omar's take, okay? Not not what tourists go to do, not what everyone says you should do, but like we're gonna take a little Omar trip because I know traveling is a big thing for you, uh, yeah. it, with imperfect pairings and all this stuff that you do with cigars, of course, as well. So we're gonna take a little trip around the DMV and we're gonna talk about each stop and what's what's Omar's favorite thing to do, and it could be anything. It could be a restaurant, it could be a yeah. uh, museum, it could be whatever it is. So in Virginia, what is Omar's favorite thing to do? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fanatic of wineries. So if I can find, um, and I, and I, I hunt them down like crazy. So if I have, um, I want a winery obviously that has, um, that is amicable to cigar smoking because the, the beauty of Virginia is unlike any other state. I mean, I mean, if you, you go down to um Percival area and you start driving down you know Leesburg and you start and you kind of get off route and you find a good brewery or a good uh, winery you can really get a chance to sit back and uh and 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 enjoy a cigar and watch the scenery it's beautiful um and so uh, to me you know doing the wine trails are incredible um anybody comes to, to Virginia I think you would benefit greatly of going to Monticello, uh, which is the home of Thomas Jefferson and um, and obviously University of Virginia. And it's a fantastic place to go and smoke cigars and, you know, see, you know, get your get your culture shock because it's going to be so much, so much to do. Um, see the brilliance of that man um, and, and obviously experience, you know, great wines uh, when the queen arrived. Um, to commemorate 400 years of Jamestown. I mean, it was like, it was in Monticello that she went and there was Monticello wines that she had a chance to enjoy. This is the Queen of England that we're talking about. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot of areas in, in Virginia that you can really take advantage uh, of and, and go and visit. Um, in, in, in Northern Virginia, um, you know, you have so many other areas that you can go and explore, right? We're talking about the house of uh, George Washington and, mm -hmm. and, and going and experiencing that um, and, and, and seeing Virginia is a very powerful, um, enriched state with a lot of culture, a lot of diversity, and um and and great sceneries for me because I'm a, I'm a big wine guy for great for wine so in virginia with the cello coming over here for george washington you know his house and experiencing so our wineries and our roads and like you know it's it's amazing going to lake ghana and enjoying it so there's a lot of things to do yeah the i think i think is a i think it should be a requirement and there's no way possible to ever execute on this, but I think it should be a requirement for like every like 
person who's going to be an American citizen or actually every American citizen, whether you're born here or not, you should make you should make a pilgrimage to Mount Vernon or Monticello uh, and or Monticello at some point in your lifetime. I think it just has, I think it should happen. Um, I, I Mount, Mount Vernon is probably one of my is is is, is really fan is one of my favorites, not just because it's the it's George Washington's home. But yeah, you get a chance you, to do some chocolate the, the old way. Well, no, because I'm allergic to chocolate, so no, I didn't. Uh, but, but no, I find no, I find like the architecture, um, in, in very interesting. So, like, you know, a part of you know, part of you know, everyone thinks of the, like the grand entrance, right? And they think of this like stone, like Grecian, you know, Roman, romantic, you know, kind of structure in both Monticello and Mount Vernon. And the interesting yeah. thing about Mount Vernon is that a lot of the stone is wood. Yeah. And how he would do this, this is like the coolest thing. I'm glad you brought this up because this is what allows me to nerd out with history. Um, the, what he would do is he would have the wood, he would cut the wood with kind of like, I don't know, little divots to make it look like a stone block. And then he would yeah. he would paint it. And he would what he would do is he would get gray, simple gray paint and he would throw dirt in it to get the, the granule stuff, to make it granule. And he would paint the wood. So it, when you when it would dry, you felt it, it felt like stone, but it was just wood. Yeah. Um, Cause he couldn't have, cause wow. he, you know, he couldn't have, we think it's interesting. The father of our country couldn't afford a stone to, to build his house entirely out of stone, but he wanted it to, to have that facade. And wow. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. It's, cra- it's crazy. So, well, uh, we're going to be taking a, a journey into Maryland and DC and yeah. Delaware uh, here in, as we progress through tonight, but uh so check out check out some of those infamous places but that kicks us into tonight's major point which is always brought to you by the people yes cigar people the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times well maybe it is but behind the fun and the motive is a motivation for service the motivation for giving back from the original protocol blue to the latest release in the lawman series bass Reeves, protocol has always been about honor passion and yes the people it's what their life's work has been and always will be about power of the p protocol cigars so omar you know we talked a, a little bit about we kind of teased it already and everything but like what what happened with fratello not that you just that, that 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 question sounds like like something happened like happened like it was bad but what happened for fratello cigars during during covid what you know like you said you're a one-man show in a lot of ways you do have some great people that work for you but you're a small company yeah what what, what did you do what 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 was the strategy going in i mean because no one saw this coming and every day was like a new thing. Yeah. Um, so listen, I, um, I, I, I was having my best quarter to date um, in the start of the pandemic. My, my January was um, basically double digit numbers um, from my best January, which was, you know, the year before. And then February came and crushed it again. Then March came and I lost 80% of my business overnight because um, we're a very heavy brick and mortar brand. Um, 80% of my business comes from brick and mortar, but 20% comes from online. So when you have you know something like that happening and you're calling your customers, most people are scared of you know spending money. Um, you know, Maryland was shut down, DC was shut down, um, parts of Pennsylvania were shut down. Um, uh, shoot, I mean, it was it was incredibly hard, right? And so, even even Virginia, that is one of my strongest, you know, tobacco states, people will on hold. 
they didn't want to spend you know their money they wanted to utilize the product that they had on the shelves to kind of move it in order very very smartly because they didn't know if they were going to be shut down so everybody you know although you may not have been shut down you were definitely either scared that you could or you were in the process of like you know kind of like keeping your business afloat by doing like you know, uh, going to the car and dropping off products, stuff like that. And so the people that kind of became um, very, you know, the, that became creative about moving their product off the shelves were very, very good. So to me, I saw a lot of people say, oh my God, I flourished, everybody, you know, I killed it. That was not the case for Fratalo. Like for me, we're always been a very strong brick and mortar brand, which kind of hurt us, I'm not gonna lie, because had I been like the majority of cigar companies, especially like the, the, the big ones that have, you know, 60% or 50% or whatnot that are very heavy brick and mortars. And then the other 50% are like, you know, online and all that stuff. Then you flourish, right? Because online grew like crazy, but, you know, the brick and mortars at that time during the two or three months that, you know, that they were kind of holding on to their money so that they wouldn't have to spend because they weren't sure if they were going to get shut down or not. Then it was kind of like a slowdown for, so for us, it allowed me some time to do something that I reaped the benefits like crazy in 2021, um, which was to kind of consolidate in my operations. We uh, we expanded up on our work. We got a new warehouse now that um, is, you know, four times the size of what we had before. So it allowed me the time to kind of concentrate on that. So we have a new distribution center. That was one. The second um, of it was we have a new brand new CRM. Uh, we... We doubled down quite a bit on on figuring figuring out a way how we could get Fratello to have um, you know not only a great social media presence and to grow our social media presence and kind of and kind of like dictate it and grow it, but also allowing us to have a better management of our of our of our um, of our customer and our customer base. So now I can pull reports and I can. I have documentation that I that I have on customers that haven't ordered in a while, or custom. You know, we have you know information about what's the better moving product stuff like that. And so, data like this, and information like this, and structure like this, and the development of utilizing. It's not like a once you know, like you grab just a tool and say, "Hey, you plug this in there for a CRM, and you expect things to happen." You have to work it. In, in a way that it can extract all of the the numbers that you're looking for. So it right. took us seven months for this process. Um, at that time, uh, Justin Harris um, was our director of operations um, during during the pandemic, and he was very instrumental in helping us gear this up. So we were, as, as kind of things slow down for us, we were able to utilize that time to basically do all of the things that we wanted to do. And so when everything kind of started to, ramp back up between uh, May, June, I mean, and then my numbers started to just, you know, skyrocket. Then I was like, <sighs> I was able to breathe. And then I was able to consolidate. So prepping for 2021, because I kind of saw the, 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 the writing in the wall. I saw, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is a time where I know I'm going to have to prepare either by having, you know, working on a new distribution uh, locations, expanding a new product, buying more product. Cause I, I was, I was, we were building and, 2021 came around and we nearly doubled our sales. Um, it was it was a massive year for us. We used our resources very well and we used a CRM like it was magic. So I, I I can't speak out of I cannot speak anymore of how important that kind of information was. So Omar, this is this is a really unique 
conversation that I'm having here tonight with you, because a lot of, you know, like you said, you, you weren't in a, the same circumstance as a lot of the other people that I've talked to yeah. where people were busy, you know, had a lot of infrastructure in place. You had infrastructure, but it wasn't to the regard that you're talking about uh, to where they could rely on certain things and in, in certain channels. Like again, you being so heavy brick and mortar, that's something that, you know, a lot of brand owners and, you know, manufacturers preach a lot of, but by being diversified, it really, it really helped them. But um, I mean, so when you, you said you've, so, so you, we're going to get to expansion here in a second for what that, what's that doing that for you now. But when you were, when you were in the process of expanding, that meant, that meant you had nothing left, right? You had not, there was no, there was no reserve to, to get out to your, to your partners and stuff. What was those, what were those conversations? Like, I, I imagine they were difficult, but I also imagine that they were pretty supportive considering what everyone was going through. Yeah. So, so for me, it was, um, I've been, I think I'm, I've been very smart about growing Fratello in a way that it it makes it, it makes money for our business because obviously we're you know Fratello is is an engine to you know to make money for for you know we're capitalists uh, this is a this is a situation where we want to make sure that uh, not only we're growing but also our brick and mortars are growing so for me it was it prompted a lot of very interesting conversations where I was like you know people would have appreciated in the past a lot of times where you know, our online presence was not massive um, and, and they would appreciate the fact that Fratello is a very strong brick and mortar brand. But at that same, at the same time, it kind of like, um, it kind of hurt us too. Cause so now if I would have been an incredible, if I would have had a, a large percentage of my business coming from online, boom, that skyrocketed, right? So then for 2021, I was like, right, the writing is in the wall. I need to make a very a very conscientious effort to grow those channels, grow my cigar club channels, grow, grow my distribution channels. And that's exactly what I did. I concentrated on, on a select number of accounts. Um, giving you the information right here, because I don't know, I'm open book, I don't I don't care. I think it's I think it's incredibly important. We do business bear with um, with ABC down in Florida with 125 stores. Um, we do a lot of business with them. We do business with Specs with over 90 percent stores in Texas. Um, we do business with Biddies over in Illinois with 40 plus uh, 40 plus locations. These locations are pivotal for our growth, right? And these locations help us kind of get our product out. We work with Total Wine, um, and so if you look at a small brand. And the the and the and the what's being sold in this humidors, it's not you know brands that have not been featured in cigar aficionado, or in like magazines like crazy, or in like you know that are like the big four or the big five. The brands that show on those humidors are exactly that. If you're a small brand, the likelihood of you just you know getting a bottom shelf and seeing how it goes for you is one hundred percent almost guaranteed. They may give you a shot in two or three of, of the locations, but not in 125. Right. So the way that we went about it was um, we wanted to make sure that we could capture the masses. And that's one of the reasons we built on the Fratello Camouflage, which is a, a cigar brand that we sell between $3.50 to $3.75 that have done incredibly well for Fratello. But they that brand has its avenues, right? And it has its mm -hmm. distribution points. So for me, it was important to kind of consolidate and grow the one of the fastest growing you know chains and markets which is the liquor stores right like the in the liquor markets with with humidors people were putting humidors in, in liquor stores to be able to sell product because they could you know charge and have higher margins 
So I utilize that time to be very strategic about my business. I mm-hmm. I would spend $100,000, $120,000 on the road every year before COVID. So I utilized the savings of that to um, to 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 get a new distribution center. I utilized the savings of that to now go out on the roadwalk, which is what we're doing right now, and potentially hiring two extra people, one in the Florida market, another one in potentially Texas. Um, and we're getting 467 applications. I got in one position alone. So I know the people people know what we're trying to do. I mean, it's on it's out on Indeed. People get a chance to just review. I'm sorry, how many applicants? I'm sorry. 67 applications we got for that for that position. <laughs> I was blown the hell away, man. My eyebrows were like burning at this, just looking at so many resumes. But oh but that's crazy. Office beer was was great for me, man. It was it was. I mean, we are um, we doubled in size. Our sales were were incredible. Um, we weren't creating a whole bunch of like brand new products like left and right. We were consolidating. We were structuring. I've never had to, you know, discount or or, or, or eliminate any of my SKUs. It was just a strategic, you know, landing point for what we're going to do in 2022, which is going to be incredible. I'll let you know a little bit about that too. Well, that's, that's exciting to hear. So, yeah, so, so jump or leapfrog to... Now this expansion has happened. You, you, you're able to, I mean, 125, 200 to, you know, $250,000 in savings from all this travel that you weren't doing. I mean, that's a lot of money that you could reinvest, yeah. but you chose to reinvest back in the company. So now you have this infrastructure. So now those conversations are a lot different because now you're like, okay, yes, I know the last two years, you know, I haven't been able to fly out and see you and everything like that, but look at right. what we've done in the meantime. And th- again, the reception has to be a lot of, pretty positive from what you're able to show them behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah. And, and that, and that is what I think a lot of our retailers now are kind of like understanding a little bit more that that year and a half of, you know, us consolidating our operations allowed us to be smarter about our business. Very, very smart about our business. So much to the point that I can guarantee you that a lot of the systems process SOPs and their operating procedures, things that we have in place, you know, very not only very few companies have, but also even the large companies which they had. I mean, we're talking everything to the dot of you know the the movement of our product, you know, uh, our, our customer interaction, making sure that we're on the phone. All of these different things have definitely um, been incredibly helpful for us to you know download all this data and analyze it and be smart about analyzing it as well. So small things like this play a gigantic role, and it sure I mean it sure as hell you know manifested in our growth. So um, I, I I give you some of these figures to basically put in perspective the impact of you know having being organized. Um, to you can make a, a very solid presentation with companies and accounts that have, you know, 50, 70, 80, 100 plus, you know, doors and businesses and selling for tell or selling product. The moment you don't sell a single your brand within, a, within three months or five or six months or, you know, whatever that time is, the moment this you're out of the door and that's it. And there's you're not getting a break. You're not coming back. In. You're not coming back. Yeah. So what, it, I mean, if you could sum it up into like one lesson, Omar, what, what did, what did the pandemic teach you as, as a business owner? So it taught me that diversification is a key. Um, it taught me that as much as I enjoy my traditional channels and as, and as, you know, um, 
as loyal as I have been to my traditional, you know, brick and mortar channels for Fratello and, uh, and the appreciation that that has, that that has reflected. Because if there's a brand that I can tell you people in the brick and mortar level, not only love to work with, but, you know, enjoy the products and, 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 and connect with the brand is Fratello, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, it is, it is, it, it taught me to that diversification is important. Um, and, and we did, and we, an and organization um, for expansion is important as well, because we've always been very organized, but um, we were always, because of our constant growth, um, it was always kind of hard for me to like sit down and just, and just write, sit down and just think. That's a lot of things. I, I've been, I, I read a lot, you know, a few, quite a few books while on the pandemic, um, that allowed me to kind of like also, you know, see my business from a different perspective where being a one-man show is not necessarily something where we want to continue to be. Um, it's, it's, it's more about sort of like the expansion of our points of sales and helping our brick and mortars grow and our channels of distribution, the online channels of distribution grow and, uh, and being smart about it. And I think that's something that there's a reason why you know the big companies have been able to consolidate those markets incredibly well is because they they've they've had those those resources um, already in place and that's exactly where we are right now. So pretty excited about that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and just two points on that, like you know, for for example, I, you, you were we were talking about you know we we're just exchanging uh, personal uh, stories before we started tonight, and now you were asking like uh, you, what I did for a living, and so I sell software as we talked about. I sell software to business owners. And that's the mm-hmm. one thing that like, I noticed about business owners and it's the hardest thing for them to do is let go, is to delegate, is to divert, you know, is yeah, to diversify. And it's, it's a struggle that every business owner goes through, I think. But where I think I can even, I can literally, literally see the transformation in you. Cause like before, like Omar, you know, I, and I, I can still come to you. I have your number. I text you and I, I mean, I can still come to you whenever I want, but you know, this, this last time when we got you on the show, I, you know, I went through dentists to get, to get you booked. And, 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 and while that might seem like we've kind of lost that personal connection, I took it as, I took it as a, as a, as a personal, uh, positive because I was like, well, I was like, okay, so Omar's super busy. This mm-hmm. is, this is really good for Fratello. So I took yeah. it as a huge positive and not that you didn't want to talk to me, but <laughs> just uh, on, the, on the contrary, but, um, <laughs> But uh, that that was really something good. No, so we, we talked about the the fear and the, the scariness. And if you don't feel comfortable answering this, I totally understand. But you had a very successful career before yeah. Fratello. I mean, you're you, yeah. you're an incredibly successful man. I, I think that goes without saying. But I'll go ahead and say it again. I mean, was there was there at any point in the very beginning did you did you think about going back to NASA? Did you think about doing anything else, or was this 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 was it? Just we're going. No, I um. I, I think that no, it never even crossed my mind, and and I and I've had open doors not only with that, but also, you know, working in contracting and whatnot. There's I, I, there's a million things I could I could potentially do um, that could probably even make me more money than what I'm making here in Fratello. Um, but I I I want I, I'm done trying to live my life based on a paycheck. I I want to live my life uh, and and work on something that I love first. And, and things will happen and will continue to happen to follow after that. And so um, I never had that fear. My, my fear was primarily not furloughing my employees um, during this time. 
it was uh, we kept everybody on board um and i wanted to make sure that that we that they not only knew that the sacrifice that we were making during this time was something that that we did it you know very conscious it was a very conscious decision to have you know our team know that we support them because they've been supporting us and they've been and and, and they have been a key point of our growth and so um never had that fear the 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 most the biggest fear for me was what i just told you but then that fear kind of translated into 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 positives right where i was able now to you know bring up an idea with my team versus i would constantly be on the road and not be able to have a conversation that's why it, it kind of goes back to thinking like spending time thinking and my team and i we came up with really amazing stuff during this time uh things that that are panning out as we speak with our brick and mortars and with our online retailers where we made investments of over forty fifty thousand dollars in 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 ashtrays hats lighters all of these different things that allowed us to support our brick and mortars with with branded items and 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 invest on relationships that are going to pan out and actually now in 2022 for you know really new interesting products that we have coming up um but also primarily with with making sure that the connection that we have with the with the retailer is still alive and and well because we were not so much on the road um, we were very active on social media um because you know we hired like you said you mentioned dennis dennis is our, our social media manager for fratello and he's been doing a great job um but it's like it's 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 consolidated the fear always is, is obviously always there but get a man 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 this is your boy who quit nasa in 2016 in the midst right. of the worst regulations this industry has ever seen it saw brands that opened up in 2013 dropping like crazy like great brands people are respecting this industry you know them all mm -hmm. and it was just like i'm not gonna deal i'm not gonna deal with it not only did i say i'm not gonna deal with it i doubled down and i quit my job at nasa at that time and i said i'm gonna grow in 2017 where everybody was like freaking out you know, there were the big online guys didn't even go to PCA or the trade shows. People were freaking the heck out. You know, I had one of my biggest growths because, you know, we had that obviously that lucky, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's lucky or not, but we had that great article in the Washington Post and, you know, quite a few more more press that that were, you know, pretty evident for us to to keep the to keep the mechanism going, I guess, for like a better word. So I wasn't going to shy away, baby. If I didn't shy away in 2016, I wasn't going to shy away right now. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. No, <laughs> I, I still love your double down. It's still one of my favorite stories uh, from that trade show. Um, um, the trade show right before the pandemic where we were talking and uh, it was before, obviously before the decision went down about the, uh, the warning labels. And we yeah. saw a lot of brands, big especially, but even small ones, starting to reposition their marketing and making the boxes a certain way so that they could get ready for the labels. And, uh, and uh, I think that was the, I think that was the first, that was the year of uh, Inverso. Inverso came yeah. out. Right. And, uh, and uh, I was like, and I made that comment to you and you're like, bear I've worked in the, I've worked with and in the government. I'm, I'm not slowing down for them because it's, it's just not going to happen or, or if it does, we'll worry about it then. But it, it's just sure. not going to happen. And I mean, and like a crystal ball, man, it totally came out the way you did. I was like, man. and the, when I saw the decision, the first person I thought of was you. 
The first yeah, person. And, and then the repackaging. I started yeah. seeing packaging from 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 general and all these different people. I was like, these people are idiots. Not only are they sending the wrong message, you need to wait all the way to the end. I'm sorry, General. I'm sorry, Altidus. Love you guys. But you know, maybe it wasn't the best decision. So basically come out and start <laughs> rebranding. I understand the logistics of it is it can be insane and it's not something that you can take for granted. But I was like, you got to hold, you got to hold your horses. It's like, you know, waiting into that moment where you go ahead and click on that button and say, yes, go. You know what I mean? Um, that's when you kind of do it. But I knew it was going to move too slow, man. I read the whole damn thing. I read the whole thing. It was going to move slow. The government was slow. You battle uh, uh, regulation with with lawsuits. You don't battle it with a machine. And so that takes time. That builds upon it. And so when people are saying, oh, you know, like even Hoya and Laudora were like, guys, we need to you know, we need to modify your logo. We need to put your logo over here now because the only labels are going to go here. I said, don't do anything at all. I don't want to see a single change on any different teleboxes. You said exactly what it is. And I remember having that conversation with you. It's like, <laughs> no, don't do anything at all. The first person I thought of when it came down, I was like, I was like, oh man, that's, I mean, it was just beautiful. It was, it was absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh, and you, you mentioned diversification and we're going to get into, and, and, and a lover of all things and your passion for a lot of stuff. And we'll go into that here in this next question, but we got to take a break because we got to take what, uh, what Omar's favorite things of the DMV. So we're going to go over to DC now. Okay. Where you obviously spent a lot of time. And we talked about the Washington post article uh, that featured you, of course, which is very infamous at this point. And uh, I mean, what a, I mean, obviously a huge positive for, for Tello, but I mean, what that did for the industry too, um, yeah, it's still is still one of the best uh, the best uh, mainstream media pieces that uh, that have happened in the cigar industry yeah. in the last ten years easily, easily. Yeah, and uh, you know, J.C. Newman gets a lot of mainstream coverage down the floor. They do a great job uh, down there, especially with their uh, with their with their factory and everything like that. But outside of that, you know, the Fratello story uh, was probably the best in the last ten years for the industry, in my opinion. Thank you. So, um, so we're in D.C. What what you're in DC? What what what's Omar's favorite thing to do in DC? What what are we doing? Then there's so many there's so many activities on the weekends. I personally love and adore spending time in the mall, um, the, the you know the DC mall and walking and seeing the Capitol. It's impressive, guys. Like, to, I I every single time I go into DC, I am in awe of our Capitol. The 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 reconstruction when they when they when they fixed the the Capitol Dome um, and Lady Liberty was now shinier than ever and you could see that dome just just beautiful just like it was it's it's got that mother of pearl like uh, uh, you know coating to it that it's just it's fascinating so. Being able to go, um, for those of you guys that enjoy kind of like a nightlife, you know, atmosphere, whatnot, go into a nice rooftop and you can get a chance to see the the, the Capitol, see the Washington Monument, understand that the beauty of the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, which is one of my personal favorite memorials, and kind of walking through that history, seeing the beauty of it, I think it's unparalleled. There's nowhere like it in the United States of America, so there's no way you cannot not love that exposure right now. The White House was another view that was a beautiful thing to see. But unfortunately, during the Trump years, there was a lot of security, added security. So now you have to see it from a very far place. You should be able, you were able to just like get right next to the to the to the gate and see and, and just appreciate the lawn and appreciate the beauty of it. But um, too many security threats. And so unfortunately, now it's it's not as 
it's not as nice as to see it as it was before. Mm. Um, but if you enjoy, you know, going to great tobacco spots, you know, you got Double Curious Raper, which is right next to the White House, mm-hmm. right, with our buddy John Anderson and Ted and uh, and Matt. And then you can go up to uh, to the Chinatown area and go to TG Cigar and enjoy, you know, a cigar right, you know, right next to the to the to the convention center. A lot of these places, you know, thankfully we're able to not only remain in business because of how hard the pandemic hit those stores. Um, because nobody was going to DC. I mean, you got to bear in mind the pandemic, my man. It was like, you know, if DC was, DC is fed by feds and contractors, lobbyists. It's what everybody lives in the outskirts. Everybody lives in Northern Virginia or Maryland. Um, only half a million people live in DC. People stopped traveling. So it was very, very hard hit. So um thankfully a lot of these places made it and 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 are in business thankfully right now to continue to grow but um if you guys enjoy if you guys enjoy um you know getting on a bike and just and just go through the mall it's fantastic if you enjoy a great brewery there's great breweries in dc so there's a lot of of good stuff but i cannot speak anymore about them all and then hitting all of those amazing museums like you know the 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 air and space museum the most visited museum in the world by the way the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., over Louvre, over all of these different places. Number over one the place. Smithsonian, over the Met, over the, the over the Louvre. That's over crazy. The, it's massive. Now, I mean, you got to bear in mind, it's also it's also free, but still the most visited place in, the, in all over the museums. Well, you know, in a different time and place in history, I spent a long ass time in a huge line to get into the Louvre <laughs> back in my my back in my twenties. So that's. That's and that was like a Wednesday. So like, yeah. like, um, that's that's pretty incredible. That's awesome. I never, yeah. I what an interesting stuff. Whenever I think about the National Mall, you know, I always think about the. Um, I, I mean, there's there's so much history, like you said, but my mind always kind of goes back to the "I Have a Dream" speech. You know, Martin Luther King, uh, Jr. and and it's you know every Martin Luther King uh, day. You know, I take a moment to reflect and I, I pull up the YouTube video and I, I listen to that speech again. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a weird, I mean, obviously poignant tradition, but it's a, it's a very weird tradition. I'm not black, um, but it, his words weren't just, I mean, well, certainly they were for the, a, a, a black audience, but they were for an audience uh, that um, I think for the ages because yeah. I think there there will always be there will always be a battle for civil rights, and I'm not talking yeah. I'm not going to get into politics and talk about race or anything like this at this time or anything like that. But there will always be a battle for even footing when we're talking yeah. about the nature of man and everything. So that that speech is very timeless um, because I think it it can I mean you can even go back in history before it, and and yeah. it can be a lot of it can be applied. So it's. Uh, it's a very, very, very powerful speech, and um, and it's uh, it's something that I, I always think of when I think of the National Mall and stuff. And and, and being uh, there, being there where he where he where he stood, it's it's incredible. It is definitely incredible. I bet it's awe inspiring, like you said, it's very awe inspiring. So that's um, yeah. that's a that's a really that's a really great spot. I, I like I like these I like this. This was just something I came up with earlier this week. I was like, I want to talk to him about this because what what I'm smoking and everything and. Yeah. Uh, but I had no idea where it was going to go, but like you're, t- you're tugging at my emotional heartstrings at these, uh, these historical places and stuff. This is cool. For sure. 
Um, so, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, you mentioned breweries a couple of times in these other spots and everything. We know you love wine. We know you love beer. So, so for Tello beer was one of the things that you diversified with, yeah. um, you know, you, you have the Mexican lager, the IPA and what you and I toasted the end of uh, PCA last year, which was the hazy IP, which that was freaking delicious. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? what got you, I mean, obviously you like, you, you like a lot of things and everything, but what got you into the mind of like, Hey, cause I've always thought of you as a wine guy, like whatever you got, yeah. what got you into like, I'm, I'm going to make beer. Yeah. So it was the connection with, uh, Andre theory, man. We, uh, we had a great, um, I've known this guy for many, many years. He's a super cigar aficionado. And, um, every single time we would get together, we would just be, we would try to find interesting pairings with, uh, with my cigars. Cause he was, you know, he's a big time for a fellow smoker. So, um, it was, it was that man, it was creating something new with somebody, with somebody else. You know, I always call it like a collaboration with him because, um, this is Mark from Mark, Mark Osborne from, uh, the owner of Adroid Theory. He, he, he gave me full reign to being able to say, Hey, Based on my palate, um, you know, this this kind of flavor profiles could potentially go better with this and X, Y, Z. And so that connection to me was more emotional, was 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 something that I felt could be could have more longevity for something that was that was different. And obviously utilizing, you know, or the points of sales that we currently have to be able to utilize the co-branding opportunities. Right. So um, being able to do something like that with him was awesome because we already have our, our beer in about 12 total wines in Northern Virginia. So we have distribution in Northern Virginia, DC and Maryland. Um, and we're looking to obviously grow our distribution past that, but it is, it's, it's that hazy, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cause I, I, I love that hazy with passion. It, you know, I, I drank a lot. Um, I haven't, I don't drink as much beer as I used to, but like I, I started tapering off right around what they call the haze craze, which was like where everyone was doing a hazy. And a lot of times it just got nuts. And there were just a lot of just weird shit that people were throwing into it. And so when I saw you did a hazy, I was like, okay, Omar's a smart businessman. I get why he's doing it. Yeah. And so, but there was this natural skepticism. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. But when I saw what you put into like the, the ingredients that you had in, and then I, and then I obviously sampled it. I was like, damn, this is good. So did you, so you, you talked about pairings and stuff like, so is Fratello beer meant to be prepared, uh, paired with certain Fratello cigars or is it, yeah. is it in, completely independent? No, it's uh, it was definitely, I, I created these, this beer so that I can, you know, primarily enjoy them myself and, and pair them <laughs> with some of our product. Okay. Um, but it was it was special, man. It was uh, it was it was meant exactly for that. But then all of a sudden, because it was meant to pair with our cigars, all of a sudden we're now having uh, you know be, you know beer that is coming out that is very unique, that is very different. It's nice. It has a very nice long finish. But because we 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 prepare the recipe based on how it would smoke with our cigars, and so um, I think that that juncture was key. And, um, and obviously, but it created it, we created a standalone brand with it. And so we registered the name we have, we own the name under the beer section of Fratello. So it's, um, so we, so we did a really great job and we're coming out with a third or third batch right now. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be released very soon and, and it's going to have some interesting changes to it. We're going to have like a, like a little cigar in the back and some, some, some notes about 
for people to kind of understand a little bit better what we were trying to do. Uh, give them more information, utilize more of the space within the beer to teach, use that moment to teach, you know, the craft beer aficionados out there and the cigar aficionados for sure. You know, I, we could spend a lot of time talking about your, uh, your, you know, your unique pairings and uh, show and everything. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I know we spent some time talking about tequila because I loved your tequila episode specifically. Have you thought about branching off into spirits or wine? I mean, like I said, I know you're a wine guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that- so I have, man, I guess I, I do. I love wine with passion um, and I love and I love spirits. The only reason I have not da- dived into um, any of these two yet is because uh, for me, creating a new product is not just creating something that could be a marketing thing and then just putting a nice label on it and, and, and pushing it. For me, there's an emotional aspect to it. It's like the emotional aspect of me creating a new cigar when I go down to Joyo de Nicaragua and I sit down with Mario, Juan Ignacio, Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, we're all talking about the same cigar, we're all talking, uh, you know, I don't consider myself a master blender bear by any means, but I do consider myself a master tester and I know exactly what's coming on with every one of my cigars. So when I tell them, it's like, this is what the wrapper that I want to use is the binder and we, and we come out with three or four different blends and we're talking about it we're discussing that to me the being able to discuss it not making a sole decision on upon my product obviously i am the, the last decision maker and all of these are you know fertile products but for me having a conversation with mario or, or the people in the factory that's smoking cigars for 30 years 25 years and get their get their point of view challenge them as well and say why don't you do xyc which is something that we've always done why don't you do with the inverse let's inverse all the tobacco I said, like, are you crazy omar no let's try it. let's do this and being able to 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 have that conversation back and forth i think is key so creating a new product to me is not just the marketing aspect let me see how i'm going to put it to me creating a new product has to do with how can i connect with more people we i feed my energy is fed and we talked about this earlier before the show i feed um from the energy of other people Mm -hmm. and so when i get a chance to build upon a product like i did with the beer it was that that you know me challenging Mark and saying no, let's go ahead and you know let's 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 use this other pulp. Let's let, you know this apparently this particular you know batch of pineapple that we use. I don't think it connects as well. Having those conversations to me is incredibly exciting. And I've made a mistake in the past of not you know documenting some of this stuff because I think people would find it fascinating. Um, but, but, you know, I kind of learned my lesson about that. I want to get be more people involved as we are creating new things so that they can see a little bit more of that behind the scenes of how we do it. That's really fit. Uh, that's really mm-hmm. exciting. I, 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 I like the idea of you just diversifying this way. And it's not too, like you said, it's not too over the top. Like you're not spreading yourself really like thin. You're not like a beer you know, you're not a beer brand donor and a cigar brand. No, you're like you're the founder of Fratello and then you're, you're doing all these different things with it. And like, especially like Fratello, like that's, I was going to ask you the question, but you answered it for me when I said, well, where can I get it in Texas? Well, I can't yet. Um, Cause I've, I've, I've wanted to, I've wanted to get some more of that hazy, but, um, yeah. but, uh, but the fact that you've kind of keep it in that, in your, you know, close to home where you are yeah. and we're maximum control and everything. And with the, like the strategic partners that you said, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's done a really, really well for you. Real quick question with these state exclusives, by the way, I'm, I'm about over a little halfway through this Virginia and I'm going to be lighting up another one uh, here shortly, but man, this is, 
this is this really is fantastic in this size. It I've um, I mean I have nothing to compare it to in terms of the other Vitolas yet, but uh, I'm I'm really glad I picked up the Virginia because I'm I'm really liking it. it. It's fantastic. The oiliness of the wrapper really really is the I think is the star of this particular blend, Thank and uh, it's 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 really smoking good. I'm really enjoying it. My favorite um, Vitola in the B and B too. Oh, really? That's oh, fantastic. Um, so the um, where I was going to go with this too was the the state exclusives thing. I was wondering, were, were you inspired by? Because uh, this is it was a very unique way. Like a lot of people do shop exclusives. Like you, you and Gary Pesh, oh, Virginia Tobacco go back a long time. You have that. Uh, I don't know if you're still doing it, but you had that that yeah. store exclusive, which was the the rounded torpedo per uh, the yep. traditional Parejo torpedo mm-hmm. uh, instead of your, your, your iconic boxer, yeah. um, which was very good. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly because I'm not a torpedo fan. Um, so it, it was very, very good when I, ha- I had the opportunity to have it, but um, did you, the, the state thing is very unique. Did you, were you inspired by John Huber of crown heads? You know, he did the, the buck guy and the, te- you know, the, the yellow rose and the, te- the Tennessee waltz and stuff like that. Or was it, I'm, I mean, was it something else? It was, it was, it was the, uh, the work that we did behind uh, the DMV that prompted that. And then um, I, um, I had some some interest on people. So have you ever considered doing something for Texas? Have you ever considered some stuff for Florida, for, you know, Florida, uh, North Carolina, all the different states? I was like, that could be really fun to do one offset at a time and focus on on product and items that are specific to a region. And so I wanted for Texans for when I was my first you know, kind of breaking out of the DMV and I launched the Texan. I wanted with the Texan something that was on the meaningful body. I wanted something a little bit larger as in terms of like a ring gauge, but balance. I didn't want it to be gimmicky. I wanted it to be unique. And so <clears throat> a lot of people say, oh my God, Omar, you did the you did the Texas 718 by 58 because uh, of, Oh, you did uh, it right, man. Don't let anyone give you shit. That's terrible. No one should dude, give me crap about it. That was perfect. It. It was perfection, man. I'm not a big gauge guy, and it was perfect. Like, let's just call it. Perfect line. It was a perfect ring gauge because it was what allowed the cigar to flourish through the smoke. And we sell the hell out of that in Texas. We sell the hell out of it at at Michael's uh, and and quite a few other places in the DMV. But it was the ring gauge and, and, and the length of that cigar that allowed for a lot of that powerful smoke to come through without being too overpowering. Because we did it on a Robusto. We did it on a Toro and it was powerful, man. We put Anduyo tobacco on that. We put eight different tobaccos on this bear. Eight different tobaccos. It's the heaviest cigar I have by far by a long mile. And it is just full flavor. So it was it was all those state exclusives, Pennsylvania um, was awesome because we were able to utilize a very small portion of tobacco that we had access to. Um, it was a Connecticut broadleaf that we were able to produce about 300 some boxes. It was not much because we didn't have much of that tobacco, but it is phenomenal. We put, but but we did it with a with a purpose. We blended that cigar with tobacco using you know Pennsylvania broadleaf so that we can tell the story. And so this kind of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I need to do a better job sometimes in in letting people in and knowing these stories so that they can connect. Why did we do this? And so. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing this kind of, you know, uh, disclosure. And you ask great questions about this kind of stuff because it it helps us, tr- you know, let them, you know, send a message to the consumer for sure. 
it's it's such it's such a fun thing. I really like I really like it because it's a way of it's a way of not just doing the store exclusive, but really kind of rewarding an area like the DMV. Like I, that was perfect for you because of again where you started and everything. Yeah. I thought the Texan project was perfect. I can't believe people gave you crap about that. That's just crap. That's stupid. That's <laughs> um, but. Uh, I haven't had the Pennsylvania yet, but yeah, I mean, the blend, I mean, obviously it had to have Pennsylvania in it and it's really cool that you did that Yeah. to go back to a couple of seconds ago when you were talking about when you're in the factory and like you said, you're not a master blender by any stretch, but you're a master uh, tester. And, um, and you said, you wish you had a chance to like record some of this. I'm interested. Did you, cause Fratello is there's, there's a, there's a very poignant Italian theme running through it from the name from the names of the blends, the the way you spell classico, bianco, navetta, um, like it's there. The the Italian theme runs through. Have you ever doubt? I mean, it's unlike any other style. Like we talk about the, uh, um, uh, the the Toscano style. Have you ever thought about an Italian style cigar? Has that ever ever crossed your mind? It'd be it something way different. <laughs> Second great idea that I've given you. There was another one that we texted like about a couple like years ago. So. Now watch out, buddy. It's yours. Watch out. That's cool. That's cool. No, I, 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 I it's not those Toscana style cigars are not for everybody. Um, I, I enjoy them on occasion. I'm not going to lie because they are so different. Um, yeah, that, right. that, that, that's, that Tennessee tobacco and the way that they, the wet rolling yeah. and stuff. And they've been doing it for longer than um, even traditional, what we would consider traditional cigars have been going on, you know, 200 plus years. It's crazy, but yeah. it'd be, uh, it'd be, I think it'd be kind of cool for you to do. So, um, all right. So we'll take a, let's take a, a stroll into Delaware. Speaking of the DMV. So let's go yeah. back into Delaware. So I, whenever I think of Delaware, this is, there's two things I think of when I think of the state of Delaware, one, uh, First, uh, first, first state or colony to ratify the Constitution. So, they they were basically state number one, essentially. Yeah. And two, I think, I think of the, I think of the bit in Wayne's World, uh, when they're doing a little time warp and they're traveling through states and they're like, oh, we're over here, over here, and then, oh, we're in Delaware. Hey, we're in Delaware. So, what, what does Omar do? When he goes to Delaware, because I know there's more to that than that. I don't mean any disrespect for anyone from that fine state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what does one do? What what does Omar do? Not one, but again, this is about what Omar's take on what do you do in Delaware? What's Delaware? I appreciate I, I appreciate Rehoboth Beach um, down in Delaware. It's a it's a very fun, family oriented, beautiful boardwalk. You know, something you can just kind of chill. Um, you know, get away from the city and ex- and, and and kind of be kind of like your own small beach town. I think it's fun um you know obviously i am from the caribbean so i'm not you know i'm also not hating on the beaches in in delaware or any other place in the united states or in the world but dominican republic being in the island that it is we have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world so you know i um i'm a little i'm a little uh skeptical sometimes when i see it's a different beach like let's be honest beautiful beaches and beautiful it's like "Mm." yeah they're very nice they're really nice. Was there a specific beach in particular, or just um, in 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 Delaware? Yes. Yeah, Rehoboth Beach. It's called Rehoboth. Rehoboth yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I know about. Yeah, I know about their boardwalk. You were mentioning the boardwalk. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting kind of. It almost has it's it's um I've I've actually been there too so it it's interesting um I think it's it's 
the best way to describe it, and I'd love to hear if you kind of agree with this, it's a toned down Coney Island. I don't know. I can say any better. That's actually that's 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 dead on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm not crazy. Okay. Yeah. It's a toned down Coney Island feel, and it's a so not not like Coney Island's not obnoxious, but it's like Coney Island's very it's very populous. It's always very bustling and stuff, but it's like a toned down Coney Island. But it still has that feel, that nice boardwalk feel, and everything, and it's beautiful. Like you said, though, for I mean, for for like you said, the beaches are just different. You know, it yeah. doesn't make them any less beautiful. They're, it's just a different type of beauty. It's, it's a different, different type of, of fun. You know, um, you know, it's the, the the water isn't as crystal clear blue as it is in the Caribbean and stuff. You know, you're not mm-hmm. sipping a Mai Tai. It's 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 a different feel, but it's still beautiful. I love the lighthouses yeah. and everything. It's it's uh, I, I love I love the East Coast beaches all the way up, all the way up to Maine, you know, all the way down to the Carolinas and stuff. It's just a, it's just a different feel. and It's beautiful. That's awesome. Um yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, well, Maryland with uh with with the Maryland crab. I mean, these are places, man, that I I when 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 people say, hey man, you know, I want to stay in Maryland, I want to stay in that, this particular location, you need to go to you know Baltimore is it's a flourishing city for great cuisine. Flourishing is great food. Um, you get some beef sandwiches in, in, in any corner and they will be delicious. You can get great crab and just sit down and enjoy family style. It's, it's, you know, going to Annapolis and experiencing the, uh, you know, the, the, the small, the small town feel with it, where the, where the Navy Academy, the Naval Academy is and kind of walking that town, seeing the Capitol building, you know, and, you know, if you have the possibility of getting on the boat and seeing the bay, it's just, it's, 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 it's beautiful, man. It's All right. So we're, we're, we're jumping to Maryland. So is that, is that the thing to do in Maryland for you? Good. 100% man Annapolis is what's up Baltimore the experience in the cuisine in Baltimore is fantastic um yeah I kind of jumped into from from Delaware to like to Maryland from Delaware to Maryland because it is you know they're also kind of close but you're right it's like you're going through Maryland also you're in oh in Delaware and all of a sudden you're like oh, okay I guess I'm in Pennsylvania right now you know what I mean <laughs> You know, it's the truth. So you kind of have to get lost a little bit in Delaware to experience it. Um, but but Delaware also gets, uh, you know, it can e- very easily get lost because of the amount of beautiful states that are also surrounding it. Like you got you got a chance to go to Pennsylvania within an hour and a half. You know, you got Maryland so close, D.C., all of these different areas. And so it's unique. If you don't want to name a favorite, that's fine. Um, but it, what's 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 a what's a restaurant in Maryland? You said that it's the cuisine. So is there a restaurant in Maryland that's like that you you One, frequent quite a bit? Yes, just, there just, is. So probably okay. So I'm going to try and remember it. Um, I think it is called Blue. Um, I'm going to remember it shortly, but it's probably one of the best breakfasts I have ever had. Period. And of story uh guy fieri has been in this restaurant and 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 done some work there is oh there is a fantastic uh um place in um right outside of baltimore uh where you eat some of the best you know it's it's, it's pit like pit beef though you basically Mm -hmm. get a chance it's savory they've been there for 30 40 years 
Um, I'll remember some of these places that I'll put them in the chat so people can look them up and, and enjoy them. Um, but I'm sometimes going to be pretty horrible with some of these names. And uh, so I have to kind of look them up. But they, uh, there are some really great restaurants in, in Baltimore, some really interesting um, small diner places in the area that I think people would really get a chance to try. So let me look it up. I think it's like... Is it uh, the Maryland, the American, the, excuse the American, the Maryland Blue Crab House? No, that's a different okay. one. That's pretty good. Oh, it's called Chaps Pit Beef. Oh, Chaps Pit Beef. Yeah, that's infamous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It is, it is, um, it is phenomenal. Um, and then there's one. Completely forgot the name of this Blue Moon Cafe. Blue Moon Cafe. People, listen to me. This place is, is ridiculous. This breakfast, okay? They'll grab. They they do this. Um, they they have this um, a French toast where they where the, you know part of the way that they powder the milk and they utilize the milk to make this this particular dish so spongy and so flavorful is they use captain crunch you know milk yes that's it that's that's right you know, oh yeah oh over. it's like yeah. it's like go home go home go home because you, you're gonna it's just the best thing you've ever had period End story <laughs> yeah I, that's right I, so yeah. i was so we've been having this discussion a lot because guy fietti's been in the news in the cigar industry because of his yeah. partnership with eric espinosa and uh and so i i've been i've been a big follower of guy since like like the day when he was competing on next food network star that's when i that's when i first started watching yeah. guy fietti and so i followed all the shows i've watched I mean, very early. I can't say it now because there's been like 10,000 episodes at this point. But I, there was a good solid run of like five or six seasons of Diners, di Drive-Ins, and Dives where I saw every single episode. And I yeah. remember the Captain Crunch French Toast, which I make for my family now yeah. because of this place. So absolutely, 100%. Like it's going to be it's going to be on my next stop up there for sure. That's that's oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, that's fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, it's. That's really cool. Well, that, that was our, you know, we started with, uh, we started with, uh, you know, talking about a lot of history with Monticello, Mount Vernon, a couple of the historical spots, the Monticello uh, wine trail, because uh, you're big into wines for, so for Virginia, obviously. And we talked about DC and the, the National Mall, uh, Delaware, uh, Rehoboth Beach, uh, specifically the boardwalk. And then of course, Maryland cuisine with a couple of these places like Chaps Pit Beef and stuff. This will all be in the, in the, in the show notes, everybody for these are Omar's picks. So the, this, this is what Omar does when he, when he travels around the DMV, not, not what you should do, not what the tourists say, but this is, this is, this is, this is Omar. This is Omar's, from Omar. Omar's, Omar's DMV. Omar's yeah. So I love it, man. That's fantastic. So um, last couple of things before we get into our fun segments for the night here, uh, Omar, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier with the, um, the camo was a it was a was a really interesting um, segue for your brand just because it was able yeah. to capitalize uh, on a really interesting market, you know, because there look, there's not much glitz, there's not much glamour. It's not like someone's rolling into Casa, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo or a high end, like they're not going into Drapers and looking for a camo. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna go for something else or one of your obviously one of your more uh, premier brands and everything like that if they're smoking for Tello. But it it did carve out this really interesting niche for you. And to say nothing of the fact that the blends are, you know, for, for what you're getting, I mean, are great value. Yeah. Um, 
what was, I mean, we talked about the naysayers and the Texan, but what were some of the naysayers saying to you and what, why were you ultimately able to brush them aside and, and led to, cause chemo has been a success for you. I think yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, it has been. Um, I'll tell you the, the, the majority of people were like, I cannot believe we're going to get into this segment is convoluted is, is busy as, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's the race to the bottom. It's a, uh, it's a price point issue. I mean, I, I heard it all right, but it was, <clears throat> what a lot of these people didn't see was the fact that I bought every single bundle that was out on the market. Um, and again, I wish I could, you know, I could like document some of this stuff, but I'll just tell you every single bundle in the market, I bought it. I put it on shelves in my house and I looked at them. And the one thing that unfortunately each and every one of them screened was cheap. So I wanted to do something that it's branding represented something beautiful something unique um the camel was the first thing that came to my mind and because of that and the effect of me thinking about the consumer wanting to buy something that wouldn't necessarily look just inexpensive i mean i think there's sometimes there is a like you know it, it could be a branding thing i just don't get it where it, you know, maybe the, the most horrible the band is and the cheaper the band looks, maybe the, the more sales you get from this particular product. I don't I, I don't know. But I did a hell of a job with branding the Fratello Camo so that it could compete on the shelves, um, at, you know, head to head with a lot of this, you know, big manufacturers of, of, mm -hmm. of bundle product. But then the second part was, can I smoke the cigar? And if it's a cigar that I cannot smoke, it's a cigar that I cannot sell. So all of the camels, I not only I smoke, but I smoke regularly because I enjoy them. But it's a cigar that sells for three dollars and fifty cents, or three six to three seventy five. Um, and 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 we've carved a small niche of our company into this product that has allowed us to have, you know, that you know supply a company like abc supply companies like mass distribution companies and in, in the midwest and in, in michigan with this product that people are enjoying you're not going to be you're right it's not a product that's for you to enjoy and and, and go get a double cutter striper but i can guarantee you'll find it in 25 different locations all over, all over throughout virginia mm -hmm. that you know we tackle specific distributors that know have the ability to be able to place it and are constantly reordering. So um, it was it was an interesting niche and I'm glad I got into it for sure. There's a couple of things to unpack there, Omar, because I think I think there's an irony to what you were saying about the way that, that the other brands manufacture their value bundles. There's some that, like you said, uh, it, it feels cheap. Um, and, and I'm certainly not going to name names here on those particular ones, but that you're, you're absolutely right. The irony that I find is that you named it camo and what is camo? It blends in and the, your camo cigars do anything but blend in mm -hmm. with the unique coloring and, and everything. And so I thought, and, and the fact of, and the, of the sect of which they're in, they're in this, this, this value brand sect and then yeah. it pop off the shelf. And so it's, it, it is interesting. Uh, I, I found that, I found that incredibly ironic, the name that you named it. Um, because of, of, of what you were kind of going for. And then you kind of just elaborated a little bit on it. Like, that's true, but that's true. Like, I think like Perdomo Fresco is another example or a, 
a good example like yours where this is a value brand cigar and the label does not look cheap it pops and yeah. and and i i think that even the consumer that is buying that cigar yeah they're buying price but those consumers have eyes just like the rest of yeah. us who don't necessarily yeah. dabble in that sect as much and what are they going to go to they're going to go to a they're going to go to a camo they're going to go to a fresco okay. why cuz they pop and it's you know it make it totally makes sense it's it, you know um i well done i mean bravo for you for for kind of uh, shaking off that that uh, the couple of those speed bumps and stuff and and kind of seeing it through and uh the iron the irony of the name is just it's just fantastic i love it so um this is my last question before we jump into the fun segment so, so there's been a lot of chatter in the premium cigar industry the subject of responsible marketing and yeah. and uh, and rest rest easy omar I, I i you're you're certainly not guilty of this in my eyes because i think you're if anything your your branding has been pretty consistent with the exception of the camo but we just discussed why that's different but you've you've never done anything like some of the stuff that's come up in these discussions and everything what's what's your take on the subject of responsible marketing and do you feel it is do you feel it's an obligation for you to either participate in responsible marketing or are you of the mind of like hey to each their own and you do your thing what's where, where does omar de Freya stand on that so i i feel like um you know ruffling the feathers of <clears throat> ruffling the feathers of the United States federal government, especially when it comes to um, when it comes to kind of being in the eye of the beholder, like we are with the FDA, is a bad idea. Um, I feel like you know we, we, the the things that we battle the most is like, are you are you you know, and, and the thing that comes up all the time are you are you marketing cigars to to children to people under eighteen years old or twenty years old, whatever the hell that is, and. Um, I feel like, you know, we got to be very careful. We got to, we got to, we got to thread carefully because it would be a mistake to kind of like give ammunition to the federal government to say, Hey, you know what? Here's a perfect example, you know, Krispy Kreme cigars, or here's a perfect example, bubble gum, you know, it's, 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 there's no need to create a bait to grab it and and for somebody else that wants to hurt us to grab it and run. So um, am I gonna go out and, and, and publicly shame some of these companies or whatnot? Probably not, that's not my style. Um, am I going to stand up and say, you know, like right, we're saying right now that I think it's a, it's a good move? Absolutely not. I think, uh, I think we need to be careful. Um, no, it. I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, you and I are in the same, uh, same boat there. I. Just thought it was an interesting perspective because you know, we mentioned them earlier tonight. Um, I mentioned them earlier tonight. And then you're another example of this, right? So like one of the biggest pieces of argument that I've heard from some of these, these manuf- brand owners and manufacturers who, who've selected to go their avenue and they're in with their right to do so. Um, it's a free country. We're capitalists, like you said earlier. But what I will say is like one of the big, big arguments that I hear from that sect is, like you're taking the fun out of cigars. Like you need to have fun. You need to have fun. And it's like, like, look, I'm not anti-fun. Um, my, my sons may argue with me on occasion on that, but I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not anti-fun because if you look at for Omar, if you look at Fratello and I mentioned John Huber a second ago, 
if you look at crowned heads, John has a lot of fun with marketing. Um, and he does it a lot with his, you know, his other stuff, like his hats, like he's known for hats. Espinoza makes a fantastic t-shirts and mm-hmm. you can have fun in the industry. And look, I mean, look, it, look behind you at your label, the, the uniqueness of the label and how it sits on the cigar, which we've, we've talked about before the branding, yeah. the, um, the, the coloring, the, you know, it, you have a fun brand. It's fun, but it's, it's, but it's, you know, it, it pays homage. It's traditional in a lot of ways. It's respectful in a lot of ways, but if anyone spends five minutes with you and says, Omar de Frias isn't fun, I'd freaking go to fisticuffs with him because this is ridiculous. <laughs> like you have you fun with me, this. Man. You love me. Yeah, I do love you too. But like, like you're a fun guy. Like it's this, you're, you have fun. And, and so that, that argument seems very yeah. hollow to me um, yeah. because it just seems to lack substance substance when, if, if they want to compare, compare themselves to you as an example, like, I'm just like, well, then that, that, that just holds no weight in my yeah. opinion. So, um, yeah. but it was interesting to get your perspective on that. So, um, so moving on to some of our fun segments for tonight, we always talk about, um, this is always the part of the night where we do our one must go segment. I know you participated on cigar coops, uh, primetime special edition when I had the privilege of interviewing you uh, a few months ago, but just as a reminder, um, so how it works Omar is I give you three things and you got to, one's got to go. One's got to go. You kick one to the curb. So uh, One Must Go is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gian Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron Lions. So smoke one today and start living united. So here it is, Omar. I saw it back in January. You had the privilege of visiting one of my favorite countries in the world because I think it's so beautiful. We talked about beauty being different in different places. The Caribbean, the beaches and uh, beaches on the east coast of our great country here. But you got to visit Spain, yeah. and I, I think Spain is one of the most beautiful countries in the world, from the architecture to the, you know, to, you know, even the rural areas and stuff. I just think it's a beautiful country all around. So I wanted to give you three cities in Spain, and it's not, say, it's not a diss. You're not saying that city sucks. It's just the one out of the three that you don't like that you would say you got, Hey, one's got to go. I right? Let's go. Here we go. So here we go. So here are the, here, here are the cities. So we got, got to go with Madrid. Okay. Uh, one of the most populous cities in the country. It's capital, obviously. So Barcelona. Okay. Um, is the second city. Uh, and, uh, and if, but a small city that you actually, I know for a fact you spent some time in this last trip, which is, of course, uh, Seville. So Barcelona has to go. Barcelona's got to go. It's that it's snap decision. Okay. All right. So let's, okay, let's compare a little bit more apples to apples here. Madrid and Barcelona are the two most populous cities in the country. So, yeah. but it was, it was easy for you. So what, what separates Madrid? Seville is a little bit different. We'll talk about Seville here. So yeah. what separates Madrid from Barcelona that you can snap decision that, that quickly? What, what, um, what is about it? Very, very easy uh, to answer is the, the, the amount of tourism that, you know, and the concentration of this tourism in the city of Barcelona is to me too much. I love the city. I love the, the, the infrastructure. I love, you know, the you know las ramblas i i loved the churches i love the food it's it's a great city it it is but it's uh but i can get lost much easier in madrid um connect much better with you know like there's a there's a there's a nice uh 
place for tapas in every single corner in that beautiful city. And it's so authentic. I love the authenticity of Madrid. And so for me, I would have to 100% go with Madrid and uh, Sevilla um, on both of, in, in this case. I got a lot of respect, a lot of mad love for, for Barcelona, but I, the tourism aspect of it is too much. It's too much. So, so you, so you put me to shame there by pronouncing Sevilla correctly. So, um, so what is it about that city? Cause I know you spent some time recently there specifically there. there this last trip, but it's, it's a beautiful city, right? I mean, what, what you is it about? Sevilla. You gotta go to Seville. So Sevilla has to me, um, this small town feel. It's like this Madrid, you know, it's like the, you know, <sighs> 0.05% of Madrid um, with the authenticity of it as a city. It has the the, the people and their warmth um, to me are incredible because also people, people play a big role for me in this decision of me telling you between Madrid, Barcelona, and Sevilla. To me, the people in the South are very warm, very engaging. And it's even funny the way that they pronounce some, they pronounce some of the stuff. So I thought that was very unique. Um, you know, I've had better probably, I've had, had great food in, uh, in, in, in Madrid probably over um, some of these other like places, but um, you, you, you cannot beat the, the music aspect, you know, the flamenco, the, 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 the people dancing in the street, the excitement and the, and the voices. It's just, to me, it was a special place. That's awesome. I, yeah. it's, uh, Spain's like one, like I said, it's one of the most beautiful countries. I love, I love Spain. I also, you know, my, my wife is German, so I'm really partial to Germany as well when it comes to European countries. Um, there's just yeah. so much beauty, um, in there. It's in like, like we said, like it's a different, it's different type of beauty, especially like when you think, when you think about the architecture, like here in this country, like even in like the, some of the most beautiful architecture in this country is in like, you know, is in like the bigger cities like Chicago and New York I mean, yeah. the skyscrapers. I mean, it's, it's to use a term from you earlier, it's awe inspiring, right? It's awe inspiring. Yeah. Um, but like things like the D in the DMV where they took like historical architecture from Europe, from Greece mm -hmm. and, and Rome and, it's 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 heavily influenced in that way but like i mean the empire state building is is is, is coming up on a, or might be 100 years old or it's coming up on 100 years old i mean there are buildings churches in europe that are you know five times that age yeah <laughs> so and and still standing my brother, you know? my brother my brother had a uh had a um was in uh, london uh about to like two years ago and one of his buddies, he was saying, telling that he, one of his friends that he, oh, you need to go to San Francisco. You need to go to this particular place. It's been there for like, I don't know, like 150 years, something like that. And, my, and, and the guy, he was telling that to my brother, saying, like, what? Me? My building is older than, than that. <laughs> well, you want me to go see a 150-year-old building? I and mean, it's that kind of stuff. It's very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely all right so omar omar says goodbye to barcelona nothing personal uh just over madrid and sevilla it just is going to take the cake so that was our one must go segment thank you omar uh and as always it's brought to you by united cigars uh featuring la giana havana and distributors of jose dominguez bandolero Garofalo, and highly acclaimed atabay and byron lines so smoke one today 
and start living united. Now I lumped this segment into our friend segment, uh, and this one might take a, a slightly different turn, but it's going to be on. It's going to be inspiring. I promise you. Uh, to my audience, because I think the story behind this is, is really incredible. Uh, and this is our charity segment that we do every week. Uh, we've done this since uh, we've done this over a year and a half now. It started on my birthday over 18 months ago. Uh, and it's been really fantastic. If you're new to the show, um, every week I ask my guest or guests to select a charity or nonprofit of their choosing. Uh, it can be cigar related. It doesn't have to be cigar related. In fact, we've had some really great discussions that have nothing to do with cigars in this segment. And today is going to be uh, certainly in that category. Uh, so Omar, you you selected a, a very well-renowned and well-known charity, um, but it has a very, very, very personal um, appeal for you. And that you selected the Susan G. Komen Foundation, which of course uh, helps and treats and educates the world, the community, and particular women, and of course their families on the struggles and the dangers and everything around breast cancer. So um, why the Susan G. Komen Foundation, Omar? What was it about this one particularly? Yeah, so um, so my mom passed away in 2007 um, from you know stage four um, breast cancer. Um, she was 60 and I felt like she definitely left uh, way too early. Um, and it's something that I, 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 I've gotten involved, obviously, because of how, you know, close to my heart this was and this is. And so um, I always felt like if I can do a little bit more into, into getting myself involved either in education or support, financial support or just my time to be able to highlight, you know, and, and put an extra light onto something like this, I think it would be important. Um, obviously we, we, you know, my brothers and I were also very involved in, especially the Dominican Republic when it comes to, um, you know, connecting with, with, with people that, you know, probably don't have the financial means to be able to go like my mother did to be able to either travel to the States and try to get that support or try to get that help. And they have to do it in the Dominican Republic, but they just don't have the resources and, you know, we all we, we all try to fit, always try to figure out ways to 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 help kind of educate because the success rate of you beating this cancer, if you're able to find it in time, is really high. Um, but you have to educate, you know, and 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 constantly pay attention to this kind of thing. So every single time I see in October the you know you know bats turning into into pink and um and 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 shirts or or football players having you know bringing attention to this i find it um incredible and i love it i hope it continues because um we still are losing way too many uh valuable valuable and incredible women in our lives to this horrible disease and i'm hoping that uh I'm I'm glad you brought in this segment, um, Bear, because it's uh, it, it it's there, there's no such thing as too much information. The more, the better. So, oh, indeed, and and I mean, again, I know it's been I know it's been quite some time, but I'm I'm very sorry about the loss of your mother. I mean, um, I, there's no way possible. I'm very fortunate to still have my mother. There's no way possible for me to 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 understand what, what that was like, um, especially going through something, like you said, that, you know, if caught, you know, in prob you know, with proper timing and everything, 
you know, it's, it is very treatable and it is very beatable in a lot of cases, but there are far too many men and women um, uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that lose that battle daily. And it's, it, it is, it is something that needs to continue to be talked about. It's gained a lot of, like you said, it's gained a lot of spotlight over the years, you know, especially yeah. through professional sports programs, uh, like, you know, major league baseball, the NFL. So it, it has, it has garnered uh, a certain a place in society, um, which can only further, you know, it's like you said, the education and everything. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, cases, unfortunate cases like your mother become fewer and fewer. And yeah. you know what, you know, it, maybe one day there, there will be a cure. That would be, that would be absolutely incredible. So, so um, as always every week, um, uh, please learn more. I posted the links in the chat. I'll be posting them in the show notes later. Uh, check it out. Uh, Susan Jean Cohen foundation. If uh, you've been living under a rock, you don't know about it. There's some great <laughs> info in there, but, uh, but even if you know, are well aware of it, check it out. They've got some fantastic programs. They do a lot uh, for this, uh, for this incredible disease and for the families and the people that suffer from it. Uh, check it out and uh, please consider donating. Um, as I always uh, pledge every week, Omar um, later this week, uh, later this evening, excuse me, my wife and I will be making a small donation in honor of your mother. Um, you. So I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention. So thank you. Uh, so just a couple more questions, Omar, to, to, to wrap up our evening here. Um, and so this, uh, this next segment is uh, a new segment that we've been doing for a few weeks, but it has a new title sponsor. So uh, our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be also a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. So moments like these are made for asylum cigars. Light one up and choose your refuge. So, Omar, the purpose of this segment is, you know, we, we talked, you and I talked a little bit about the show, and it's kind of oozed in tonight's conversation about we're both extroverts. This community yeah. is, we're very, this community, this this industry is very community driven. Cigars are very community driven. It's yeah. about who you're with and what you're doing. It's about that moments or the kind of what define your cigar smoking experience. But every so often you get to have that cigar by yourself. That's that captivating moment. So you've probably had several or maybe you haven't, but what's a moment that comes to mind when you think of like, yeah, it was just you and it was the cigar. What was about the moment? What was the cigar? If you can recall, yeah. Tell us. I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you the one that always comes to mind is um, um, December uh, 2014. Um, it was about a year and a half in with my brand and I was uh, I was in Pennsylvania. It was December 25th uh, celebrating Christmas, but it was celebrating Christmas in uh, Pennsylvania at a house with a who was a good friend of mine in the temperature. You would have you would have imagined that it would have been incredibly cold, but it was like sixty degrees. There was zero wind. There was, you know, zero humidity. It was perfect. I could be with this outside, and the impact of the carols and the singing and watching my children play and you know with their toys. Best cigar I've ever had in my life, and it was the Fratello Classico Corona. So to this day, that's one of my personal favorite blends in the Fratello lineup. Um, and it is, and it was, it was, it was perfect. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that there, there, there should be, you know, sometimes that 
people tell me, it's like, oh my God, you know, like I, I, I enjoy the cigar, but one time I, 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 lit, I lit it up and it wasn't as great. I don't know what was going on. Like, what did you do that day? What was happening? <laughs> what was happening in your life? Did you get a ticket? Do you, do you drink orange juice before you lit up a cigar all of a sudden? Because there could be a million things that can affect your experience. A million things. And so I always challenge them, go back to it. And I had that experience actually now in St. Louis where I had like a customer that literally just signed up with us. It's like, I had smoked a cigar but one time, but it wasn't what I connected. And he's smoking it right now. He had a great, he was having a great day. And, you know, he lit up saying, my God, this is fantastic. It's like, yeah, okay. There, there, who knows what was going on in your life at that time that you smoked that cigar and it just wasn't all that. And so I, 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 I smoked the Fratello Corona probably more than any other smoke. I smoked any other cigar in my entire life. But I remember that moment as the best cigar I have ever had. And it was the combination of those things that just made it very special for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think you hit on a couple of key things there. Like, so, so just to kind of reflect on that a little bit, like, you know, as I was telling you before, and as some of my audience is aware of, I've, I've moved recently and, you know, we moved to a place where, we, you know, we have more land so that, you know, our, our young boys can run around and everything. And that's, you know, it, it's funny that we're talking about this, about children and tonight, because, you know, that was one of, one of the first moments I was outside. Um, we had just moved here. I'd had a couple of cigars already, you know, on my patio and everything, but my boys were playing out in the yard with the dogs and I just, just sitting on the patio and I lit up, uh, as, as it were, uh, a Nevada, uh, boxer. And, yeah. and it was, I've had that cigar plenty of times and I've enjoyed it plenty of times, but it, it tasted different. Yeah. So to hit on your point too, about that. And I remember another conversation that you and I had once about the uh, we, was, we were talking, the subject was the, the what's new, what's new craze and stuff. And, yeah. and I think you brought up this very similar point to where I'm sure was probably a similar conversation that you had with that retailer in St. Louis, which was, you know, yeah, you've had it, but it's, it's still new to you. And, yeah. and I think that, I think that there's, a, there are moments when you can go back to cigars that weren't, you know, entirely favorable yeah. or just different and you can have a different experience. Like I, I have, I, I got several more of these Virginias uh, from the DMV collection for Tello. And I, and while I've enjoyed the two that I've smoked tonight in a very real way, like I'm probably going to enjoy the remaining ones in a different, but they're going to be different because the circumstances right. will be different. So Absolutely. I, I think it's a, I think it's a important distinction that a lot of people forget about, about this. So, and that's why I like, I came up with this segment is because there's, there's those single moments, you know, it's, it's not about the crowd. It's not necessarily about the, the huge adventure at, or the, even the massive amounts of people around you. It's just you and the cigar and yeah. what's going on at the time. So, 100%. all right. Well, um, we've come to our last question of the night here, Omar, and uh, really do, really do appreciate all your time. Thank you so much for the incredible conversation. So great to have you back. I've loved every second of it. Uh, And uh, this is our, um, our curveball segment, which is of course brought to you by Dunbarton tobacco and trust Dunbarton tobacco and trust fastballs or curveballs. It doesn't matter since the company's inception, Steve sock has been knocking them out of the park. Seven consecutive years, count it, seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our friend, 
uh, Steve, for that accomplishment. So this is our curveball segment here, Omar. So this is something just a little bit different, a little bit weird. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's out of left field. Sometimes it's a little appropriate. So here's what I was thinking about tonight. Um, and if so, you played basketball for a number of years, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean. I know that's kind of weird. Uh, if anyone were to ever meet you, I'm sure that would probably be not the first thing that comes through <laughs> people's mind. For people who have never met Omar, he's a, he's a giant of a man. He towers over, you know, everybody. Um, uh, but uh, if you've you've been in this industry for quite some time now, so yeah. obviously you would uh, you would be uh, in the center of the lineup. So I want you to pick four other industry folks to join you on the court as part of your basketball team for other industry people, men, women, age, doesn't matter. Whoever you think you're, you're other starting for, obviously you would be, uh, you would be starting, but other starting for go ahead. and. So I would definitely have to choose Matt, Matt Booth. Um, um, so it'd be a point, you know, it's going to be a point guard. He comes from a military background. So he's uh I don't think he would be too afraid to uh, to get his hands dirty and uh, and work out with the team and do a good job, but also keep us all entertained. So that would be one hundred percent one that I have. Very to strategic, yeah, nice. Um, I think I would choose uh, Tony for um, for a very strategic reason. I mean, if I can, if I'm playing center, having him as a as a as a as a you know power forward um, to be Tony, able Tony Gomez. Tony Gomez, yeah. Okay, uh, LFT. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. LFT to be able to like get you know if I'm getting double teamed, then I can basically try to pass him the ball and see how he might be able to uh, to uh, to do. Um, I would have to choose. Uh, I would have to choose uh, Eric Espinosa as a small forward for sure. Oh. You know, having Eric Espinosa, I feel like Eric could be could could help me do like a little Dennis Rodman. You know, uh, aggressiveness <laughs> down there. Be a little, uh, throw a couple elbows here and there. You know, be able to say bro, 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 bro to a couple people and be good at it. <laughs> um, and uh, let me think. Love if, it. If, I, if I would have to choose a shooting guard to basically wrap it all up. Mm-hmm. Man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is a tough one. I probably. You know what? Um, man, this is a tough one because I. It that's a such a strategic position. You know what I mean? Uh, for for the game. I need somebody who could potentially be fast. Um, and I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming in empty on this one. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is a. This is a. This is a hard one. Um, We need to get some of these people who, in shape. Who, who, knew, who, knew the fun, who knew the fun question was going to stump you tonight, man? This is funny. Oh, that's great. It, it's, it's, we need to get some of these people in shape. That's the reality. <laughs> I, feel like it, 
I feel like I, could, I would love to see Steve Saka kind of like be my shooting guard, but he needs to come a little bit faster down the road, man. There he needs go. to be able to, you know, slim down so he can shoot that. But I feel like he's he can be such a good partner in terms of having him kind of like feed in the ball and then get it down. But um, we as an industry, we need to lose a little bit of weight. I mean, I was thinking Skip Martin too a little bit there, but you know, there's not that many people that kind of look and play the part in terms of being a little bit of shape. Hey, we, we know they got it in them. They're both ex Navy guys. So the, we know they both got it in them. They can, they can do it. They can make it happen. Plus, and then and Steve had that bet a while back with Abe and, um, uh, Abe and Nish about uh, weight weight loss or whatever. So, so when they when they put their mind to it, yeah, no, we know they got it in them for sure. No, that's an interesting lineup. So we've got Matt Booth at point, Steve Socket shooting guard, uh, Eric Espinosa at small forward, power forward is Tony Gomez, and then I'm obviously yourself at uh, at the five position in the center. So I want to point out that the integrity of Omar Defrias here. Okay, this is a very important point. All right, to end our show tonight. The integrity of Omar DeFries with this question that I gave him, because I said, I said, anyone in the cigar industry, and you could have gone straight ringer and picked Carl Malone, but you didn't. That is a man of integrity that I am speaking with tonight. That is what I'm talking about. Not, to say nothing of the fact that you guys both partner with the same factory. You could have gone straight ringer and you didn't. I am very proud of you, sir. You really put your head oh, in the right. game. And that was awesome. That was absolutely incredible. Incredible, incredible. This, this has been a fantastic conversation. Omar, thank you so much for your time this yeah. evening. It's so great to have you back at the show, uh, on my show. And it's so, it was so great to see you at the trade show. And it's great. To, uh, yeah. I know I'm going to see you at the upcoming one as well. And it'll be great to see you then too. So uh, we'll revisit then and probably talk before then. But if there's, uh, for everyone out there, uh, check out uh, check out all the things that we've been talking about. I mean, Omar's travels have been well documented, but his, his uh, journey around the DMV, uh, we, uh, we we uh, documented tonight. Also, his travels to Spain. Uh, we'll be uh, all posting everything in the show notes and everything. So check these places out. As people start to travel more again, it's important to explore the greatness of this world that has to offer these great places and everything. And uh, take it from some of the experts who have done the traveling for us, like Omar DeFrias. Uh, Fratello Cigar, fantastic cigars. Make sure you check out his, uh, his website as well. Uh, as we remind everyone, if you haven't had one, they're new to you. So check okay. one out. The Classico, the Bianco, the Nevetta, the Inverso, the Oro, the DMV collection, the Pennsylvania, the Texas. Or if you're if you're just wanting a fantastic smoke at no cost for you, very little cost for you, check out the Camels. They're fantastic cigars as well. So for everyone out there, we really do appreciate it. Check out our YouTube page. Hit the subscribe button. You can always uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor. Hit unsubscribe, but hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers so that I can continue to invite great people like Omar back on the show. And for everyone out there, this was our 206 take. Took us three times to get the show started, but we got it off started right, and we had a great conversation. Ooh. For everyone out there, he's all Marta Frias. I'm Barry Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. We'll see you next time. Nice, have a good one. Bye-bye.